Dante Greco. Dante is a really smart guy. Ladies love Dante. All right, guys, welcome back to the Dante Greco Show. Now, for this portion, we're not going to talk about Brian Koberger. We're not going to talk about Idaho. This is for the celebrity news fans and just news fans. So, you know, if that's not what you're here for, I understand. But uh, this time we're going to just go right into the news. Okay. By the way, I got my window open here inside the Dante Greco newsroom because it's weirdly hot in here. So if the noise of the traffic gets too much, just comment down below and I'll, I'll shut the window. Okay. And then I'll just sweat through it. Anyways, getting to it. I was shocked to find out that this whole time Prince Harry has killed 25 people and he's just been walking around with that. Now, granted, they're Taliban, but it's a little weird. He revealed this in his new biography, Spare, and along with other things, um, other surprising revelations. But like this one is kind of the most shocking because we all thought that Harry in Afghanistan didn't do shit. You know, and it's not crazy to think that he was safe. He was protected by the superior officers. And like he wasn't going to see any real combat, you know, outside of whatever happened on the base. So to hear from him that he killed 25 people, Taliban members, is a little surprising. I don't even know if I believe it because apparently... This book has to sell 1.7 million copies for him, him to even break even. So I could picture Harry just sitting there like, oh, fuck, fuck, what else? Uh, Taliban, Afghanistan. How many? 25? 25 sounds, sounds good to you. You know, of course, it could be true. But we don't know. Like, the military is not going to say, yes, Harry killed 25 people. They're not going to confirm that. So. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And by the way, I'm not anti-military. You know, I support the troops. I'm a patriot. I don't always support where we choose to go to war. You know, I'm not like a super. Uh, this isn't even a super political show by any means. Also, he's British. So this is the British army. OK, but just so you know where I'm coming from, I'm not like either extreme peace Nick nor extreme war hawk. Um, Prince Harry's assertion that he killed 25 people in Afghanistan is one of the most striking. It is. I mean, now if you had said Meghan Markle killed 25 people, I would have said, obviously. Just kidding. I don't think she's not that bad. I actually don't. I, you know, I, I still haven't gotten to do my Harry and Meghan documentary on Netflix retrospective. My voice was gone during the week that it happened, and now it's kind of out of the news cycle. I still want to do it, but I can't do it without my girlfriend or she'll get mad. So when she is free, we're going to do that. Uh, I, I will say I like Meghan a little bit more after the documentary than I did before, but still not enough to give her an excuse on uh, to, to excuse her on all the uh, extra annoying stuff. Okay, so. In his memoir, Harry says he killed more than two dozen Taliban militants while serving as an Apache helicopter co-pilot gunner in Afghanistan in 2012-2013. 
He writes that he feels neither satisfaction nor shame about his actions and in the heat of battle regarded enemy combatants as pieces being removed from a chessboard. Baddies eliminated before they could kill goodies. So first of all, it's surprising that he is in a position, even up in a helicopter, to be shooting people because that helicopter could have gotten shot down. But from what else I've heard about this biography... And the revelations about King Charles even joking that he that he wasn't even Harry's father. Maybe Charles was like, oh, fuck it, you know, if he gets shot down, he gets shot down. Because, of course, you know, we, we thought there's no way they're going to put Harry in the line of fire. But if Charles doesn't actually like Harry and doesn't think that Harry's his child, maybe he doesn't care. We didn't see William on the front lines. Something to think about. People are upset, though, because Harry, is, they, they feel Harry's being kind of callous. I mean, yes, these are Taliban fighters, and I'm no fan of the Taliban. But, you know, they are still people. There is something unseemly about bragging about killing people, whether they're enemy combatants or not. You know, like, remember that guy, Chris Kyle, that they made the movie American Sniper about with, um, uh, fuck. Who's the guy? I can't believe I can't remember this actor's name. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper played Chris Kyle, the American sniper with like the record for the longest shot, most kills, etc. And like in his autobiography, he went on, he, he bragged about how he, during Katrina, he went on top of the Superdome and shot looters, which was not true, but just like bragging about that. Like those are Americans, you know, whether they're stealing or not, you know, it's supposed to snipe them. Harry has talked about his combat experience, saying near the end of his tour in 2013 that if there's people trying to do bad stuff to our guys, we'll take them out of the game. But his decision to put a number on those killed and the comparison to chess pieces drew outrage from the Taliban and concern from British veterans. Yeah, it's weird to say like 25. You know, it's one thing to be like, you know, yes, we saw a battle. I, I, I took lives. But to be like, I killed 25. 25. I, I was counting. Makes people a little, little uneasy. Of course, I love the outraged Taliban. I love the new progressive Taliban. If we all remember uh, when the U.S. pulled out of Afghanistan and the Taliban was like, oh, yeah, we're going to elect women and we're going to put them in positions of power. It's going to be great. And some people over here believe that line of horse shit. Mr. Harry... The ones you killed were not chess pieces. They were humans. They had families who were waiting for their return. Prominent Taliban member Ain Anas Haqqani wrote Friday on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to get much sympathy from us about your lost Taliban members, you know, but they're trying to play the game. They're trying to play like cancel culture game. The Taliban now, they don't attack. They, they cancel you. Um, in Britain, some veterans and military leaders said publishing a headcount violated an unspoken military code. Exactly. Colonel Ta Tim Collins, who led a British battalion during, man, I'm spoken out today. I did a whole stream earlier about Brian Koberger. So you can go back and watch that. Uh, who led a British battalion 
during the Iraq war told Forces News that the statement was not how you behave in the Army, it's not how we think. Retired Royal Navy officer Rear Admiral Chris Perry called the claim distasteful. Again, it seems like everybody is coming for Harry and Meghan now. Every day in the British media, you read stories about them, negative stories. Uh, I, I don't necessarily think that these Colonel, Colonel Tim Collins and Rear Admiral Chris Perry are agents of the British media. You know, I take them at their word that this is distasteful. Some questioned whether Harry could be sure of the toll. But Harry said he reviewed video of his missions and in the era of Apaches and laptops, laptops, technology let him know exactly how many enemy combatants he had killed. All right. Guess we got some proof. I'm sure the uh, publishers were thrilled with that. I don't think it's wise. So basically, people are criticizing Harry for this. Uh, you know, and I, it just feels weird to me. Hey, babe. That's my girl right there watching live from the other room. Um, yeah, but you know what? I do like this because the other story that he came out that come out is uh, that he had a frostbitten penis at William and Kate's wedding. I got to say, I am liking Harry more and more. I don't know about Megan, but I'm liking Harry more and more just because at least he's being honest. And I know people got upset that he shared some private remarks from King Charles, who at the time was Prince Charles, talking about after Prince Philip died, you know, please don't make my final years a misery. And, but, you know, like I, I still like the honesty because so many public figures, especially major public figures, royalty you never hear them talk like this so it's refreshing to me to hear about prince harry's frostbitten penis how did he survive that that's what i want to know okay he said it in his new oh don't tell me the independent wants me to sign up Right, give me one second. I got to find a different source for my Harry's Prince Harry's frostbitten penis story. I want to know how he survived or if he survived. Prince Harry penis. Make sure I spell it H A R R Y, not H A I R Y. I don't want to be shocked by those results. Okay. Oh, he went to the North Pole. That's right. He suffered frostbite in several parts of his body. Pa was very interested and sympathetic about the discomfort of my frost-nipped ears and cheeks. While the ears and cheeks were already healing, the Todger wasn't. The Todger. Is that it? Does anybody have the full story? Christ's sake. Internet roasts Prince Harry over frozen frostbitten penis reveal. Upon arriving home, I'd been horrified to discover that my nether regions were frost nipped. Took him till he got home to figure that out. What did he not take a piss the entire time until he got home? 
It was so bad that he was still reeling while with his older brother at Westminster Abbey on William's wedding day in 2011. How did he fix it? Can someone tell us how we how you fix that? Well, I don't know. He confirmed that he is circumcised. Wow. He's really going all out. Like, this is crazy. Prince Harry's telling us details about his penis. We didn't think we would see that. Although, you remember TMZ got pictures like 10 years ago of him partying in Vegas where he was naked and someone took some cell phone pictures. This is all pre-Megan, of course. Uh, I, I'm just saying I like the honesty. I like that he's coming out. Okay. Let's do. Uh, let's just check up on the latest celebrity news. We we'll go to my old employer, TMZ. Morgan Wallen, the guy who used the N word, the country singer, pours drink down a woman's blouse at a Nashville bar. Uh, I lived in Nashville before. You know, Nashville people just like to party. Now, I'm not excusing this behavior, especially if the woman was like didn't want this. Uh, I'm not saying that. I'm, I, I'm just saying it's kind of like its own ecosystem, like. They exist in a different world. I remember walking down Broadway, which is the main drag where all like the tourist bars are. And it's like, that's a street where it could be 10 a.m. on a Tuesday and you could be drunk and nobody would think twice. In fact, they'd be happy. They'd be like, all right, you're supporting local business. Keep drinking, buddy. So this guy continues to make the news for things that aren't so great, but. At least he hasn't been caught on tape using the N-word again, right? It's been, what, almost two years? That's that's good. Megan, I don't know anything about this, this new Megan thing, and I'm not going to know. Damar Hamlin, first IG post since on-field collapse. Yes, the guy who had a uh, heart attack. Who? Oh, there he is on FaceTime with rapper Meek Mill and Michael Rubin, the guy who owns the Philadelphia 76ers and I believe Fanatics. Take a nap, dude. Look at those circles under his eyes. Jesus Christ. It's okay to sleep here and there. Uh, but down there in the corner, you can see Damar Hamlin smiling. He's talking. The tube is out. That's good. Everyone came down on Skip Bayless for his tweet about Damar Hamlin. I didn't think it was so bad. I think people were just, as usual, looking for a place to put their anger because what happened to Damar was like a freak accident. And when, when there's like no good reason for something to happen, you want to find a reason. You want something somewhere to assign blame. So Skip Bayless did a bad job of articulating himself with his tweet. Uh, and everyone has been waiting to unleash on him anyway because he's just like a professional hater i like him I, what i like about skip bayless i don't always agree with him you know he hates lebron i like lebron but he loves tom brady and so do i what i like about skip bayless is his willingness to play the heel and his willingness to mix it up and say things that people don't agree with so we give it up to skip bayless technically an old co-worker of mine you know back when uh, he was working for fox sports and tmz sports was on fox sports so i i support Skip Bayless. I remember when Kobe Bryant died, you know, TMZ broke that story. And I was sent out there, of course, that morning to go and try to, you know, figure out what was going on, like a good newsman, get some footage. Uh, couldn't really get much footage 
I, I was really worried I was going to, they were like, go hike up the mountain until you find the wreckage. And I was like, oh, fuck, I don't want to hike up the mountain. Like, what are you telling me? Like, the authorities aren't there yet. I got to hike up the mountain and find the wreckage of Kobe Bryant's helicopter and, and witness that. I don't want to do that. Luckily, when I got there, police had already set up a line and you couldn't get up there. However, I could see the smoke rising from there. It was pretty crazy. Uh, and I remember the vitriol and the anger directed at TMZ for breaking the story. Now, part of it was that people thought that Vanessa, Kobe's wife, and the rest of her family and, and friends and whatever had heard the news from TMZ. But later it came out that the sheriff's, the sheriff's uh, first went to her house and broke the news before TMZ did. But TMZ was a great place for people to direct their anger. I remember even in my personal life, like friends would be like, you work for the devil. How could you? Monster, you killed him. You took down the chopper. It was like, insane so i know what it's like to be in the middle of a maelstrom like that by extension uh luckily you know the dante greco show did not break that story because then everyone would be saying fuck dante greco all right let's get back to it prince harry written out of coronation Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that he banned, King Charles banned Meghan Markle from Balmoral as the queen lay dying, Prince Harry says, and claims he told his father, don't ever speak about my wife the way. I don't, I, you know, my theory on that was Harry himself, when the queen was dying, Harry was like, listen, Meghan, they don't want you to be there. And uh, I, I need to be there. It's my grandma. You know, forget about it being the queen of England. I would like to go. Can I go? Do you mind if I go? And she was like, but Harry, we're married. No, you can't just go. You have to take me. And he was like, listen, they really don't want you there. Can you give me a fucking break? Is like one time my grandma's literally dying right now. Can I go? No, Harry. And like there was a big fight. And finally he was allowed to go. But it was too late. We all know his plane landed. Queen was already dead. And he missed it. Now here he's saying that the king banned her. I don't know if the king had to directly ban. It might have just been implied. And this could just be Harry putting this out. Because, you know, it's not like King Charles is going to say, no, well, that's not true. I didn't ban her. I just said, hey, you know, it's family only. Harry can say kind of what he wants. Because they're not going to directly respond to every accusation. I don't think this book's going to sell 1.7 million copies to break even. I mean, I'm sorry to whoever keeps giving him these large advances. I guess it worked out for Netflix. I had that totally wrong. Netflix, they had like 28 million people watched it. It was the biggest debut for a documentary of theirs ever. I thought nobody was going to care and that Netflix had flushed $100 million down the toilet. I was wrong. But I think with the book, we're not going to see the same success story. You know? Because, like, I'm not going to buy, you know, not that I'm necessarily their target audience, but I'll just read the excerpts about his penis and his killing of Taliban. The Joker is pregnant. A new DC comic sees him prego outrage retrans theory. So... 
Okay, what is this? I'm not really a comic book guy. The Joker gets pregnant in a new comic series they just rolled out, which is expectedly drawing some outrage and backlash among a certain demographic. Can you guess who? People are upset that this is not canonical. You're telling me that Bob Kane, creator of Batman, didn't he didn't write a storyline somewhere where the Joker turned trans and got pregnant? Come on. By the way, the word trans is never mentioned in this later latest iteration, but that doesn't seem to have clicked with this crowd. They see what they want to see, and they see trans Joker. I mean, who cares? I get it if you're like anti-trans, if you're if you're like not particularly keen on that type of stuff, then you probably feel like your world is being invaded. But uh, it's the Joker. It's a joke. Joker's got a baby. Big deal. I don't care about the speaker thing. Um, and this is about Brian Koberger. Okay, we're not going to talk about Koberger on this one. Sorry. Oh, that's what I wanted to see, the Celine Dion thing. Yeah, they left Celine Dion off the Rolling Stone list of um, how many greatest singers was it? Where's that story? Just a minute. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Okay, I can't find it. Anyways, like protesters showed up outside the Rolling Stone offices to protest Celine Dion not being on the list. And it was ridiculous. Like, you're not going to have Celine Dion, who is like the singer. So many hits, the Titanic song. 200 greatest you couldn't find you couldn't find room for her out of 200 greatest singers of all time well anyways um so that's kind of it oh i love uh, these daily mail headlines is this harry's horsewoman because he claims he lost his virginity in a field uh, so I guess that's it for tonight. That's my entertainment news roundup. Go back to more entertainment news this upcoming week. Uh, I'll probably see you all on Monday. Do yourself a favor. Check out my interview on the Douglas Coleman show. I posted a link to it in the description below. Talked about Sam Bankman Freed. It was recorded like a month ago, but they just put it up. Sam Bankman Freed, crypto, podcasting, all that kind of stuff. It's interesting. Check that out. Please come back. So like and subscribe. And I will see you probably on Monday, unless some big Koberger news breaks tomorrow. And then I'll just do another Koberger thing. Okay. Appreciate you for watching. Have a good life. We will see you soon. Much love. Thank you. Love. All right, Daniel. So once again, thank you to my brother. Tell me your name again. Dante Greco. Two words. Made in America. <laughs> Dante, you're doing great. That's good. I want you to leave my good friend Ringo alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my pal, Hal. Yeah. And your horse in a parade. Have a good day.